podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link and that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter and as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gambleaware.org. Guru, good to see you. How's life? Yeah, good to see you too. You're a busy man. You are a busy man too. Clearly, though, neither of us is busy as Propo, who's decided not to turn up again. I got a question for you straight off the bat. Is Propo not here? A, it's multiple choice. Is he not here mm. producing? A, because he has more important commitments elsewhere to do with the World Cup. I appreciate that I hold my hands up there and missed a couple of FFSs for the same reason. It'd be kind of fair enough, I guess. B, because it's a clear sign of disrespect and throwing shade at you in particular. Or C, because he's still out clubbing with Baker Mayfield somewhere in downtown LA. It's B and C. <laughs> I think. Like he's obviously he's obviously team yeah. Baker, Baker Entourage, highlight, mm. highlight Mayfield. Um, but I'd like to think he could also throw a bit of shade at us at the same time. Like I have that much respect for him that he can multitask. It's a multitasker. I actually, I think it could be, I like the B and C answer. I think it could be all three. I think he could be producing a talk sport world cup show from Meg's bar in downtown, <laughs> in downtown LA, where he's basically flipping between plugging in Adrian Durham and Ali McCoist, and then zipping over to the karaoke machine and singing, uh, let the river run with Baker Mayfield. I think what he's learned along the way is that uh, Edge Rush is his niche and he's he's very well set staying on that show. And, and maybe FFS is just a bridge too far for him. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm getting all kinds of shit from him over on Edge Rush at the moment, as you <laughs> well know. And as our listeners well know, because uh, my, my Drew Locks of the Week aren't, aren't going to plan, shall we say. And I thought, certainly... by the way, just I have to say that the Washington Giants end was spectacular <laughs> for you. Of course. I mean, this is this is getting so absurdly ridiculous. It's not just that I'm getting beats and bad beats, but the <laughs> most ridiculous bad beats. Uh, case in point, I, of course, had the Bucks with the points just a week before the Njoku greatest catch of all time. And they're about six or seven other great examples of this but i am taking solace in incredible performances thanks to your direction and stewardship in our daily fantasy league right however propo not faring quite as well and the reason propo gave us for not being on today's show and of course we're going to be getting into picks we think uh you should be looking at uh, as you get ahead for week 14 some of you are going to be in playoff mode some of you are going to be rolling the daily fantasy tip that is all to come Propo says he couldn't be there because he did. It's probably a good thing because he did so badly in last week's competition. Did he come dead last? I'd like to, I'm going to put a bit of uh, 
hopefully help the man out in terms of mm. framing this in a way that means he comes back next week. We don't want to lose him every week. You know, Fair. one week hiatus is fine. He's uh, he's a foundational piece of the show and he was foundational for the rankings because he was propping everyone else up. <laughs> That's why we call him Propo. That's it. I, I yeah. get it. I get it now. Nothing to do with all his work on edition. All right, so let's get down to it. We are going to... We'll key off with injuries. Um, and we've got transactions on the running order as well. We're going to talk OBJ and what's going on in Dallas. But let's lead off with that and Baker because we have to talk about what happened last night. It was hmm. extraordinary. I actually caught it because usually Thursday Night Football, I don't watch live. We've got a crazy schedule. It's pretty full on not to do that. But actually, I woke up in the middle of the night and checked my check my phone to see what time it was and thought, oh, okay, I might be able to catch the fourth quarter. So did the old sneaky put it as audio and it's a played it through my phone, but it was listening to the game. And so I heard the the final drive. It was, I caught it perfectly. It was basically backed up on whatever they had, 90, whatever yards to go. You know, Baker's 98. sacked, 98, Baker's sacked, but then they get the flag for unsportsmanlike. I mean, all these things as it started to happen, as two or three things happened in a row early on in that drive, Baker's 100% scoring. I wish I'd scrabbled to my phone and put money on put money on them getting it done. I did think maybe that after all of that, maybe the most Baker thing possible would be for the extra point. Matt Gator missed the extra point, but he didn't. For him to be traded before they win. <laughs> Unbelievable. Un- and Al Michaels, poor yeah. Al has had some slim pickings, of course, on Thursday Night Football this season. But that was a brilliant finish for him. He called it to perfection, showing us reminding us why he's still the master he was brilliant with that whole call on that drive and it's extraordinary stuff that baker mayfield has been in the building five minutes clearly doesn't know much of the playbook pulls off a drive pinpoint accuracy on a number of the throws credit to him and it, and it's great to see him achieve this because he's a malign figure he's been beaten up treated badly by the browns didn't work out for him, obviously, in, in Carolina. Pretty extreme that they they cut him. So what a what a redemption story. How long is it going to last, though? Is there any scope for Baker to be... What are we looking at? He has a big cameo, end of the season, gets a starting gig next year. He potentially could be looked at as a starter in LA if they think Stafford's done. What do you think? It's another part of the canon that is Mayfield the movie. Uh, the game last night it might be the peak the highlight of what we see between now and the end of the year despite everything you just said you know five minutes in the in the building doesn't know the playbook his best weapons are Skoronic, Atwell, Bilal Powell you know the O-line we know has struggled through the course of this year if however while I don't have great faith that we're going to see this on a regular basis and bear in mind the Rams played a slow-paced game the Raiders really struggled to create offense after the first couple of drives so, you know, they, they won a game with defense more than they won it with mm. offense, obviously a couple of big plays late. But if you're the Rams at this point, you don't have any picks. The word about Stafford, it's never good when you start hearing the words spine and neck when it comes to injury. Mm. And while we don't know with Stafford and he might be fine next year, and that's that's what Sean McVay has been saying, this might be something that he struggles with. He, by all accounts, he was uh, struggling for... Um, feeling in his extremities. And that's always terrifying, I'm sure, yeah. for, for any yeah. human in, in any franchise. So they don't have the picks or the cap space to go out and find another QB if Stafford doesn't start. We yeah. don't expect Wolford or Perkins to be the answer. Mayfield may be at the front of that queue. Mm. Uh, something something in 
Sean McVeigh says, I can work with Baker. That's obviously why they picked him up waivers. No, a number of teams tried to pick him up on waivers. So it mm-hmm. wasn't that Mayfield was completely adrift. Some people see something in him. I don't know. Like I, He could be the Rams next year. He could be elsewhere. He could blow up during the course of the rest of the season. I just can't see him being an effective week-to-week starter between mm-hmm. now and the end of the year. Okay. Props to Baker for a brilliant, brilliant chapter. Incidentally, who would play Baker in Baker the film? Baker Mayfield. Oh, we have to play himself. Play like himself. Then it becomes almost a hallmark straight to... Sings the theme tune, writes the theme tune. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, Baker or would... Yeah, can, could Baker almost have... I love those as as himself cameos where there's just a little... not Like, for example, when... It, well, the best as himself are people like Al Michaels <laughs> and, and uh, play-by-play guys, uh, presenters being quite wooden in there as as himself role. Um, but I wonder whether Baker could appear in Baker the film as another character, but there's a knowing let's break the fourth wall, you know? So he's in a, he's in a shop. He's a, he's the guy behind the shop and Baker and, you know, Hey, great job against the Raiders, man. And, and the actor, like actor Baker, thanks man. And then you realize, Oh my God, it's Baker Mayfield. The shop guy who's told him that. That's why he went to LA. That that's what he's there. Look, also in ten years' time, every movie is going to be essentially an Amazon Prime advert. No one is better placed for that world than Baker Mayfield. Marcus Mariota faring less well, bless him, and I, and and it's a disappointing end to the season for him, and possibly end to his life as a starter in the NFL. He's going to be benched. Desmond Ritter, the rookie, the Falcons are going to kick the tires and see what they've got with him disappointing because it started so promisingly James that Mariota seemed to have found a little bit not quite the same extent as Gino in in Seattle but that's kind of what we thought we had right the first six weeks of the season I think teams figured them out you know it's a two-dimensional offense where if they couldn't do what they what they wanted to do the Falcons which is you know run it and off the back of that allow Mariota to you know bootleg or uh, throw out structure when that didn't work Nothing happened. And this team has shown a real lack of dynamism. They've obviously lost pits for the year. London hasn't had a great degree of service. I still have high hopes for him. For Ridder, you know, we know he's got the legs. You know, he showed that in college. He was also an incredibly, if you buy into this narrative, you know, one of the winningest um QBs in, in college football history at Cincinnati. He really mm. turned that helped turn that program into uh, CFB contenders. It, mm. Really, this is an audition, I think, for him. But what we have to bear in mind here is that going into the season, we would have thought the Falcons were going to be one of the bottom three or four teams in the league. Right. By by bringing themselves up the standings, and again, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe they they flame out between here and the end of the year, but they, they might just be out of the contention for one of those top-tier QBs in the draft. Mm. So this could be a case of Ridder's job, not just now, but into next season. Where did Ridder go? Remind me, I can't remember the draft. He Cincinnati. Oh, no, uh, no. he went uh, he... third round. Third round. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. Staying on the quarterback tip, looking at some key injuries. Relevant, of course, for you guys setting your fantasy lineups, but also just in the big wide world of NFL. Lamar, is he going to, is there a chance he starts? Because it's a fascinating line. It's one of the games we talked about over on Edge Rush. A lot of people heavily behind the Steelers. It's a very narrow line as well, but that's entirely, well, significantly dependent, I guess, on whether it's going to be Lamar or Tyler Huntley starting. What's the latest on that? What are you expecting fantasy owners presumably should err on the side of caution? 100%. I can't see Lamar starting this week. He might be back next week. That's still up in the air. The word out of 
The uh, building there was one to three weeks. Uh, Huntley, we've mm-hmm. seen in relief, obviously, last week, but also last season. I think they believe that they've got a viable backup. He, he's one of the better backup QBs, I think, in the league. The yeah, issue it's is a fair call. Le- Lamar's so otherworldly in terms of his skill set. Le- mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Huntley, the reason he's in the building is that he can run this offense. It's just that he's the diet version of Lamar. Like, he mm-hmm. can't work through his progressions. Nearly as well. He doesn't have that poise in the pocket. He's a good athlete, not a great athlete. But... As a as a QB in fantasy, he still has goal line appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, this team has rotated running backs throughout the course of the season. They like to use the QB in that run game. So Huntley could still have a big week this week, or if mm. he stays in uh, as we progress. But this overall offense is is downgraded. The, the one note there is that this offense wasn't coming in with an awful lot of weapons already. So actually, this might insulate Mark Andrews. We saw that last year, where Mark Andrews actually had an uptick in target share when Tyler Huntley was in the game. Line looks healthier as well. Ronnie Stanley logged a full practice on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, that's big for them, especially if they want to run. Makari as well, uh, back to practice on a limited basis. They'll probably both start on Sunday. So that is that is big. Uh, just incidentally on Lamar's injury, a sprained uh, posterior cruciate ligament. Dr. James Sandrini from the University of West Las Vegas purchased online. Um, that's worrying. Huh? If this kind of one to three weeks... You may be looking yeah. more at particularly and, and given that particular injury as well, even if he's back, he's not going to be the go, go, get him Lamar that we're used to seeing for a little bit, I'd imagine. I think that's probably true. So you have three ligaments in your knee. ACL is the one everyone knows about, MCL and then PCL. And any of any of those being uh, sprained or worse is mm. is bad for you, obviously, because it. I think there's two things that happens to an athlete. One is it limits you physically. You can't run as fast or, or cut or juke particularly, mm. but also it'll play on your mind. You know, you know that uh, you're more sensitive to being hit. One unfortunate thing, last week we went through potential league winners. We talked about Lamar. We talked about Debo. Mm. Um, the loss of Lamar and Garoppolo for any period of time probably takes those out of play. Big time. Hey, listen, seeing as we mentioned Dr. James Sandrini, University of West Las Vegas. Sandrini's surgery, a question via Twitter for you. So let's just do it now. Why not? We'll roll with that. From Adam Archer. Hey, Adam. Has James Cook, he asks, moved himself up the death chart of the Bills after last week, or was it more of a one-off? James Cook, doctor. I think they drafted him to be the lead back. And what happens with rookies is we see them develop during the course of their first season. Not all of them come in and play immediately. You have to be patient. With Cook, I think he's shown enough burst and enough skill set that they'll want him to get him involved to be that lead back. Now, the situation with the Bills is that the number one back really is Josh Allen. Mm. That means you're highly volatile as a as a running back in that system, which is great for DFS, but it's probably not quite so trustworthy for redraft or dynasty. That may mm-hmm. follow with James Cook, but also bear in mind James Cook is perhaps a shade over 200 pounds, if that. So he's undersized for what we think of a three down back. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect 20 touches every week. I would think more of that. 12 to 16 range is probably most common, but then we'll see some games as we've seen with Devon Singletree. He's also an undersized back mm. where they want to run the football this week. There's a chance of rain in that game. Mm. Um, or in fact, actually, no, I think it's, it's potentially snow. Snow. Yeah. Game. yeah. I'll be watching so, that closely for the, uh, for the under actually, um, you know, scrabbling around trying to, trying to arrest my Drew Lock tilt. And that was one I, I looked at, but that, uh, just because I was looking at it closely and I know you're a big weather guy, it doesn't look as bad as initially suggested. So okay. just have a look at the moment. Um, I mean, even uh, if it's cold, you know, that might be something that limits yeah, the past. Fair. 
but it was at one point yeah but not just snow they were talking about but also like crazy gusts um yeah crazy gales well that and that plays into a james cook and a heme high and someone who's going to be close to the line of scrimmage that the qb isn't going to have to worry about the ball sailing on them so mm. when you see bad weather in these situations often that's good for the running back yeah true okay uh right let's rattle through some other key injuries you mentioned jimmy g um prognosis better than we thought just a few days ago not going to need surgery could be back for the playoffs that's the best case scenario. Some people, in, uh, we've heard from some people that there's no chance that he's back. Other people have said, you know, divisional round is, is a possibility. Some of this is going to p- depend on what they get out of Brock Purdy. They have the weapons in that scheme that even if you're just able to feed them five, y- like five yards past the line of scrimmage, you've got mm. a chance for a 25-yard, 30-yard play. That's how that offense is built. Everyone rates Shanahan as an offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we go. Obviously, if they're in the playoffs and they think Garoppolo gives them a chance to win, then they'll bring him back. But I, I, I really doubt it, to be honest. Von Miller done for the season, categorically. What a shame that is as well, because there was every chance that he was going to double down on there and maybe just keep doing that every season for the next six or seven years. I'm going to roll to this town and win you a Super Bowl. Um, Now, of course, the Bills could still win and he would still get a ring, but uh, it's going to certainly take a big dent out of their chances, obviously. Why have you got him on the list here in fantasy terms? I think to to your point about the... The ability of Von Miller, he's a game-changing player. So previously, uh, their well, their pass rush to date during the course of the season has been probably top five in the league. Mm-hmm. Without him, I think that drops down to mid-tier. So if you were thinking, as we spoke about defense a couple of weeks ago, if you're thinking about teams to avoid, uh, particularly with QBs and receivers, I think you can take the Bills probably off that list. They, they've obviously lost players on the back end as well earlier in, earlier in the season. And while they have depth up front, they don't have a player to replace Von Miller. Okay, uh, so Von done for the season. What about, well, Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker, crucial part of Seattle's offense, of course, at a crucial part of the season, crucial stage of the season. Something I wrote about uh, only this week, those teams going into this weekend, and I figure there are four or five of them, if you look at uh, look at the Week 14 schedule, that are basically, not mathematically out of the playoffs if they lose, but I think... In a lot of jeopardy, I would put the Giants in the mix there. And of course, they've got a tough spot against the Eagles. It's Washington, the Giants and Seattle effectively battling for that final wildcard spot, right? Seattle tilting as well. They've got an easier landing spot, you would suggest, than the Giants do. Seattle scoring off against Carolina, Washington on a bye. So crucial weekends for both the Giants and for the Seattle Seahawks. And presumably the Seahawks are going to have to take care of business without Ken Walker. I think so. This it's a, a little bit disarming some of the news. So originally it was called an ankle injury. Pete Carroll since said it's a foot injury and an unusual foot injury. Pete Carroll is the least trustworthy person when we talk about uh, any injuries, but he's also hyper optimistic. So there's a little bit of worry that <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, we just don't know what this is. Walker's obviously a rookie. They will want him in because they have these this, this chance at the playoffs, but they also mm. have while no one in Walker's tier, you know, a combination of DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, we've seen these players out there before. They are trusted by the Seahawks. I don't expect him to play this week, but you'd hope that he's back next week. Oh, yeah, I know. I just, I mean, uh, given the issues they've had in that position anyway, I mean, I just think if he's down, well, uh, by what you said, if he's back soon, fine. But if he's down for the count or for a chunk of, of this final phase of the regular season, I don't know, that might be, that might be game over. All right. Uh, Let's talk OBJ hmm. because well, we got into it a little bit on Edge Rush. Mm, keen to get your perspective, Guru, because story coming out of 
that visit to Dallas and of Beckham, of course, went to the different teams that he might sign with, including the Giants. There were another one. Uh, deal wasn't done on the day. And Jane Slater from NFL Network, who covers, of course, the Cowboys, reporting that the reason a deal wasn't done is because there is ambiguity on OBJ's availability for this season, which means he's either not good to go fitness-wise, the injury is still lingering, some other factor that we haven't thought of, or this is all smoke and mirrors and he'll sign the deal and this is all much to do about nothing. What do you think is going to happen with OBJ? Is he going to play this season? And if he is, where is it going to be? I think it's a bit of both, actually, where he's a 30-year-old wide receiver coming off an ACL injury in February. Mm. The chance he you would look at a, I don't know, like a Michael Gallup. You know, Michael Gallup just had his best game of the season. He's over a year removed from his ACL tear. Mm. So for Beckham as an older player, yes, a maybe not once in a lifetime athlete, but a, a, an elite athlete, maybe he he has i think the reason i wanted to talk about him is that for fantasy during the course of the rest of the season i don't even think you need to pick him up i don't think you need to worry about him yeah mm-hmm. he might he might play here or there for whoever he signs with but i don't think he has any impact for the playoffs because of his ability and his now sitting around the end zone mm-hmm. he could have a role mm-hmm. and and that's valuable but that just doesn't we don't have to worry about that for fantasy in terms of where he goes I imagine if if the Giants had stayed relevant, then he may have been looking at a return to New York. But I would think actually the I'd be looking at the Bills mm. because get- I think they have the, the room to get it done, and I think they will look at what they've got from their third receiver, or even indeed Gabe Davis during the course of the season, mm. and say that an upgrade would make a big difference to their opportunities this year. Okay, watch that space keenly. Let's get in to daily fantasy then. Last week, we've already established Propo had a stinker. You had a decent one. Ninth, the show team in the paid league. 23rd in the free-to-enter league. I know you set your standards high, Guru, so I know you're going to be disappointed to some degree, but that was not not a bad return. What were your big wins and losses there? When you make the money, you have to be satisfied, I guess. That's probably where we'll we'll sit with it. Uh, the, the better performers of the week, uh, let's get our team up. So we hit on Amon Ra. He was mm-hmm. one of the chalk players of the week. I think everyone had him in against uh, Jacksonville. Garrett Wilson's proven to be someone to ride over the course of the last few weeks mm-hmm. and a, a peppering of good performances from Pacheco, Kirk, etc. But we missed on Chubb. Chubb didn't have the game we were hoping for against the Texans. Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst was knocked out very early uh, for Cincinnati, unfortunately, despite the narrative we were trying to push there. And I didn't change the Packers' D despite field starting because, again, try not to change these teams too much. But, mm-hmm. yeah, overall, overall not bad. Just uh, we missed on a few that would have made the difference. I hit 23rd in the in the paid league, so I'm kind of I'm kind of happy with that. Kind of mid-table performance uh, for me there. Tyler Lockett went big, as you say. I had Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson in the mix as well. Uh, I think I put the same team in the in the free to enter league as well. We neither of us fared as well as Matt one four zero eight, who won our paid league. Smithy two point nine three is that his handle? Smithy two point nine three. Smithy two point nine three. Legendary handle. I love this. I want to know more about why he's two point nine three. Get in touch, Smithy. Smithy, let us know at the NC show why we like it, irrespective of why. But there we go. It's a big week for them. Uh, if you want to get involved with the show, of course, with the league, I should say, the link is in the show notes. We have it as a pinned tweet over on Twitter. And as we've established, it's a free to enter contest each and every week, as well as paid to play contests in our league. And of course, 
other pay-to-play contests in the wider DraftKings ether. Everything that we are winning this season, as in the show, me, uh, James and Propo, is going to charity at the end. We are demonstrably making more money for charity through me dropping five pounds every time I I drop a nadism. In fact, I think there was a there was a tweet about that only recently on this. Let me uh, let me try and dig it out, Guru. Um, While I find that, just talk us through your game plan for this week's team, what you're thinking and, and why theme wise. Have you got a theme or did we bin off the theme a while ago? We kind of bin the theme. We wanted to be more competitive than the theme was allowing, I think, particularly as we went through bye weeks. This is the last week of the buys. Uh, after this, we're back in the home stretch for the fantasy playoffs. I think there are a few, I won't give the team away, but mm. there's a number of players who are coming back from injury who, as a result, are really good value because there's been some question about whether they play or they haven't had as much of a role over the last few weeks as expected. So that's, mm. if there was a theme, it's back from injury. Back in business. Okay, I found the tweet from Will. Hey, Will. Uh, one more for the charity finalists for Natisms. We had a shellacking last week. Of course, shellacking is, needs to be on that list. So yeah, accepted. Every time I drop shellacking, that's another five pounds. Uh, and this is a great one. I, now this is opening up. I don't know how you feel about this, Guru, but this is opening up the Natism charity box to all pro guests, yourself included. Um, and in Will's case, or his suggestion, Iron Mike, a pound from Iron Mike for each hand fighting I don't want to bankrupt him. Well, we're, the show's paying, don't worry. So you'll be bankrupting us, Will. That's a great point. Hand, Iron Mike hand fighting, the over-under on a an Iron Mike Monday review show, I'd say is three references of mentions of hand fighting per episode. I think I'd take the over. <laughs> I would take the over. <laughs> on so that we'll, for Mike. We'll go for one pad. All right. Agreed, Will. It is... Uh, it is locked in. So every Iron Mike hand fighting proper is going to have his work cut out keeping up with this. Yeah. And then uh, Will says five pounds for mentioning, this is Mike, mentioning his athletic prowess at college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then 10 pounds and a mandatory one week suspension for mentioning his romantic prowess at college. Will, my favorite tweet of the season so far. I love it. Spot on. All if, of only those Carlson, if only Carlson would let up long enough for you to explain this to him. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Carson and I dated the coach's daughter. Oh my God, Carson, stop, stop talking. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so back to business then. So featured topics, the feature topic I should say for this week, top performers with a quarter of the season to go, right? So each position, key position, including, including defense in this as well? Yeah. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Quarterback receiver, wide out, sorry, quarterback, running back, wide out, tight end, defense, go. Top performers with a quarter of the season to go yeah we've done this throughout the course of the year i think this is a really valuable exercise pick up a couple of trends think about who's going to hit during the range of the season we're looking at ppr um mm-hmm. there's still a couple of bye weeks as we said some this week so not all of the data shakes out as pure as you'd like starting with qb mm-hmm. the top five qbs are patrick mahomes jalen hurts josh allen joe burrow justin fields no surprises on that list Fields probably preseason wouldn't have been in that company and Hurts maybe we wouldn't have had in the top two. The key there for me is three of the top five are also in the top five for rushing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the Kanabi code. This is the cheat code where you're looking <laughs> at um, QB talent is can they be a lead in the run game? The other thing I think that's interesting is that interceptions just don't matter for fantasy. You know, if you see a player who's uh, has interception troubles, we saw it with Stafford last season, mm-hmm. he was a top 
I think, six, seven QB. This season, Josh Allen is second in interceptions in the league. Fields mm-hmm. is fourth. Both of them feature in this top five. So when you see interceptions, just don't worry about it for fantasy purposes and find those rushing QBs or the players that can do that. So Desmond Ridder, mm-hmm. while he may not be at the level of other rushing QBs in the league, the fact that he might be over a course of a 17-game season, someone who runs for 400, 500 yards, that's immense in terms of what that means for his fantasy ceiling. Mm. A few notable others. Gino mm-hmm. is seventh. Remarkable, incredible mm-hmm. performance for him to be there. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is ninth. We're mm-hmm. seeing the ascension, I think. Yeah, I don't really. know if Lawrence is going to be a Mahomes level talent, but you know, someone who's now in that QB1 conversation for fantasy. Danny Dimes, 11th. Danny Dimes. And that's rush upside because he's only throwing the ball 20 times a game. So the fact mm. that he's getting, you know, 30, 40, 50 rush yards, that's what's propelling him up. Mm. And then I just wanted to mention Tom Brady. So he's 18th despite throwing the ball 50 times a game. Mm. No rush upside, no efficiency in that offense. And also just can't throw the ball downfield. Who's 32nd? So that... <laughs> Let me have a quick look Come and on. see. I mean, I'm guessing it's Russ. but <laughs> Is it Russ? It might well be. Let's have a little look. 32nd is uh, Zach Wilson. Zach. Ouch. Big Zach. Ouch. So the note, just to finish with the QBs, yeah. is who do you target? What do you do with this information? And I think two players I'd be looking at to try and pick up, probably for next year or thinking about drafting next year. One is Trey Lance. He's going to be a little bit forgotten in result of all of this uh, furore around mm. Garoppolo. Maybe Purdy plays well. But Lance has that rushing upside, even coming back from, from his injury. It might take him a little while, but he's a good dynasty stash. And then Trevor Lawrence, you know, who I think can run more in this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a lot of interceptions last season. He started to cut down on those. Uh, I'd be looking to package something up to go get him now before we really see the consistency uh, in mm-hmm. that offense, particularly because again, this is only year one of Doug Peterson. I think they're going to go and spend again in free agency. They've got picks. This t- this offense should improve. Calvin Ridley's coming in, so a couple of guys to go get from um, the twenty twenty QB class: Lance and uh, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playoff team next season. Sneaky early. Sneaky. Well, particularly early. that division because it's yeah, hard to right. forecast the Colts, Titans figuring mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's quarterback. Rattle through the rest of the positions and where they're landing and an upside. Yeah, a few. I mean, I won't cover everything, but I'll cover the sort of key themes here, right? So running backs, you want to get a bell cow, someone who's on the field for 70, 80% of the snaps. Top four in points are in the top six in touches. Mm-hmm. So Eckler, Jacobs, CMC, Henry, and Saquon are your top five. If you're looking outside that top five, you want to find great receivers or great O-lines. And that's the exercise to do preseason. So Ramondre is eighth. Tony Pollard, despite being in a timeshare, is ninth. Jamal Williams behind that great line in uh, in Detroit is 12th with all those rushing scores. Miles Sanders behind that great O-line at Philadelphia is 13th, despite being in a, a timeshare as well. So who to target moving forward? I'd look at someone like Khalil Herbert mm-hmm. in Chicago, because if Montgomery leaves them in free agency, he could get 80, 90% of the touches. We've seen that before. Zamir White, if Josh Jacobs leaves, it's going to be really hard for the Raiders to say goodbye to Jacobs after the year he's had. He's been mm-hmm. MVP level from the running back position. But if he does go because they can't afford him or they don't want him in the building, Zamir White could just take over that role. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift is an elite pass catcher. James Cook is an elite pass catcher. Those kind of players can be undervalued if they have shaky weeks here and there. We've seen both those players be have that this season. Cook's only just coming into the lineup. DeAndre Swift has had, you know, 30-odd percent target um, target share or, sorry, not target share, 30%. Um, he's only been on the field 30% of the time mm-hmm. for about the last five weeks. So, again, something might be down on him, mm. opportunities there. Receiver, Diggs, Adams, Hill, J. Jeff, A.J. Brown. Uh, that's, a, that's a strong list, right? Um, 
the keys here, big plays translate. Five of those top six are amongst, uh, sorry, five of the top six here are amongst the top five in 20 plus yard plays. If you're mm. able to get downfield, you become a fantasy threat. And and it really, you become a, a wide receiver one. One of the reasons in the draft, everyone's looking for the 4-4 four, four receiver is because you want to be able to open up plays downfield. So looking ahead, you know, Chris Alave, a George Pickens, maybe even a Jerry Judy coming back into prominence, a DPJ over in Cleveland, like mm-hmm. elite athletes or players who have incredible speed who can get downfield in offenses, maybe even like an Alec Pierce, you know, who's a contested catch guy down the field for the Colts. Like these would be players I'd be looking at. Um, one more note to throw in there, Cooper Cup is eighth still in that list. Wow. Despite, okay. <laughs> despite obviously being out for half the season so far. Um, one of the top point scorers. The other thing here with receivers is, is the bar has really risen. You know, mm. you're... 22.22 is fourth in wide receiver in points per game, and that's second in running back points per game. So again, if we think about drafts next year, wide receiver is probably going to go above running back in most yeah. most yeah. drafts. Tight end, Travis Kelsey's an alien. Everyone knows that. He's scoring an extra 30% than anybody else in the league from the tight end position. How long it lasts for? I don't know. The guy's 33, but it doesn't seem to be slowing down any point soon. And the key here, not going to go through all the players, but just follow the offenses. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to find good tight end talent. Just find an offense that's going to throw the ball enough in the red zone. So, you know, Joku's a great athlete. Um, We've seen it with um, the Chargers tight end ever at the season. Just right place, right time. Zach Ertz, you know, still good, but a lot of that is just because he's the largest frame in and around the end zone. Mm-hmm. So just follow the offices. Um, potential targets for next year. Dawson Knox actually might be a target for this year if you're still able to trade because the Bills have a high-end offense. They just haven't used Knox as much so far. I really like James Mitchell for the Lions. They obviously traded Hawkinson away. I think he's a good dynasty stash looking at mm. the opportunities for this offense. This could be a big play offense going into next season as well. And your Dolphins, you know, we haven't seen from Gasicki due to the scheme, but that's not to say that a tight end can't thrive uh, there. And maybe it's not Gasicki and maybe they move on to someone else, but mm. whoever they pick up, if this offense continues to work at the pace that it has, like someone's going to get a lot of touches. Um, and the final one's def- defense DST. We talk about this when we we talk about DSTs every week, but we don't really get into the detail very often. Mm. The, the the key points here is that the special teams bit doesn't really matter that much. Just don't chase teams that have great punt return units or whatever. There's only been eight punt or kickoff return touchdowns so far this season in the whole league. So there's no point trying to chase that. That's a lottery. What you want to chase really is sacks. So six of the top seven teams are there because they sack the quarterback the most. So mm-hmm. Cowboys, Patriots, 49ers, Eagles, and Bills are all high-end units because they can get to the quarterback. That disrupts the offense. That creates turnovers. So when you're thinking ahead, just look at those teams that have got great edge rushers that you think can create pressure in the middle. That's what you're chasing. Don't, don't worry so much about uh, special teams. Think about those teams that can create sacks up front. Love that, Guru. Brilliant insight. Um, I'm going to go back, play that again and again until it's embedded in in my brain because there's some core fundamentals that you've just outlined there. Loving your work. Right. Speaking of which, let's uh, put it into practice. Your show team for this week, please. Yeah, quick reminders. So Sunday evening slate, bit of weather to worry about. We mentioned Jets bills, so Mm. we think it's going to snow. Even if it doesn't, it's going to be really cold. 32 degrees Fahrenheit, freezing basically. Um, Bucks out the 49ers, also good chance of rain. That's a really interesting game because we don't know what we're going to see out of Brock Purdy, albeit he played you know most of the game last week. But mm. I would think that's going to lead towards the run and that builds into our, our team. So, um, Kirk Cousins is our QB. 
He goes up against Detroit. We say this every week. Detroit is in a terrible defense. There's I love that. Uh, this was there. one the shortlist for my uh, for my Drew Lockers the for the over in this game. I mean, I think mean points galore. So I like that a lot. Yeah, fifty four points last week between them and the Jags. We we picked Trevor Lawrence last week to be uh, in exactly the same situation going up to the Lions D, and uh, the Lions D were a bit more impressive than we'd expected there. So perhaps it's, things are coming together. What I would say is that if Christian Darasaw plays, which I think is key here, he's coming back from a concussion, then the Vikes line is much better than the Jags mm-hmm. at this point. Minnesota is also seventh in pace. They move the ball quickly. They're eleventh in neutral pass rates. I love a when... pace stat. I love that pace stat's good. You want lots of plays. Like this was uh, if you if you were betting on the Raiders Rams yesterday, there were so mm. few plays in that game because both yeah. teams were trying to slow it down. You know, it doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. give you a lot of fantasy. So Kirk Cousins are six out of one hundred. He's going to be a chalk play. I think a lot of people will go with him this week, but for good reason. Uh, up against the Lions, D. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon is uh rb1 he's healthy he's practicing in full he's back i i, I would be wary about some rjp ryan play yeah. this week just yeah. on the basis that i think Mixon went in picks up most of the snaps like we've seen that over and over he's had a really volatile year but he's an rb1 in this offense cleveland are 30th against running backs so if Mixon puts it together he's a he's a, a good player i think mm-hmm. and alongside him in the backfield Dondre swift we spoke about him briefly before he's 5800 he's just so cheap for someone who's got 20 touch upside which mm. is what he got last week in with an over under of 51.5 I saw in this game last I checked um Minnesota Detroit that is Minnesota mm. also allowed a fifth most receptions against running backs I, I feel like Swift could just go off here and have a monster day he was the RB1 in that scheme last week ahead of Jamal Williams yes Jamal Williams is getting the goal line touches and that and that's important in this offense but Swift uh, it's just so cheap for what you can get out of him I think he's a must play this week wide receivers Christian Kirk 6600 he goes up against the Tennessee team where you just don't run the football so high levels of pass over the over the course of this entire season 29 targets over his last three games really like Kirk at 6600 Amari Cooper he had a 40% target share in Deshaun's first game that offense didn't look good but if he gets that target share in a game where again we think there's going to be a lot of points Mm. Cleveland playing catch up here I really like Cooper. He's also wide receiver 12 on the season so far. So he's been consistently uh, a wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett, 6,500. Carolina allowing 14 receptions per game. Um, This team has just lost Ken Walker, we think. So perhaps there's a few more passing opportunities. He has a touchdown in every game for the last five. Gino's the real deal. Lockett in there at 6'5". TJ Hawkinson is our stack with Mm -hmm. uh, Cousins. So 80 yards versus Detroit in week eight, obviously his former team. That I think was his first game after the trade. Detroit 30th against tight ends. If we're back in Cousins, we have to assume someone's going to go off here and Hawkinson's a cheap way to get into that offense. James Cook, 4,600. How about that? I mean, look, 20 touches last week. Uh, Chance of rain. Jets are allowing five receptions a game to running back. That's James Cook's game. He's also on the season. 5.4 yards per carry, 10.1 yards per reception. He's a dynamic threat. Uh, so again, he doesn't need that many touches to, to bring home value at that price point. And then the final one, bit of a risk here, the Panthers. So they've only allowed 10, 13, and 15 points in the last three. They have been mm. pretty shut down. 11 sacks over that period. We spoke about the value of sacks when you're looking at DSTs. They're going up against Seattle, who have lost Walker. We don't expect them to be nearly as dynamic in the run game. I still think Lockett can have a big day, but I think this offense might struggle overall in terms of being efficient and perhaps there's some takeaways as a result here for the Panthers. Love that guru. Get involved with our Daily Fantasy League over on DraftKings. The link to join that, if you haven't already, is in the show notes. And as I say, pinned on Twitter. You are 
a wise man, even if you bought your qualifications from uh, the internet for the University of Las Vegas. Money well spent now. Money well spent. <laughs> Love your work, bro. Good luck with the show team. Good luck all of you out there as well with your respective teams. And we'll be back with more where that came from. FFS dropping every week throughout the season. Uh, check the vault for Edge Rush. Great review show uh, with Iron Mike and a brilliant preview show with Chris Milner, National Vintage League, making his show debut. Really enjoyed that chat. That's all in the vault. Go listen to them. Get set for week 14. We'll be back Monday with Iron Mike. Guru, look after yourself. Thanks, man. Jesse. Sports Social Podcast Network.